Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission and our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming. He would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. The congregation may be seated. A grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm noticing something here. I'm noticing the more I preach from down front, the more you people retreat. <laughs> the only reason anybody's up here is because the acolytes have to be. I, I don't know if you're trying to tell me something, but let's talk after worship. All right, so we have, I think, traditions that don't make a whole lot of sense. And this became obvious to me on Tuesday when I saw this, this meme. Tuesday before Thanksgiving, it's almost time to spend three days in the kitchen so the kids will eat this. <laughs> Did anybody else have their child piled high with rolls on Thanksgiving? That's my house. Yeah, I mean, we do all kinds of things that are nonsensical. We make all this food to, to have youngins kind of ask for nuggets. It's demoralizing, but it's fine. We do some weird things in church, too, like on this first Sunday of Advent this season where we're getting ready for baby Jesus, we read end times text. It's kind of scary stuff, right? We read about Noah and the flood, and we read about Jesus coming again. And that doesn't make a lot of sense in a season that's supposed to be about anticipating this baby. Aren't we supposed to be focused on that in this season instead of this end times text that we read? Yes is the answer that we are supposed to read this text. It's not an accident. For the next two weeks, we will read these prophetic, apocalyptic texts. You know, and remember, it, th this is not a radical belief we have, this second coming of Jesus. It's something that we speak every time we say the creed. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And so we focus for half of Advent on Jesus' second coming. In the last two weeks, we will finally read about Jesus and his nativity. But these first two, this is what we get. 
So for many Christians, today's reading is all about verse 44. This last line here. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. That emphasis on be ready. Waiting for Jesus is about getting ready. It's an emphasis on preparedness that some folks associate with the rapture, right? You've heard about the rapture. You've seen cars that have stickers on them that say, in, in case of rapture, this car will be empty, right? Those are, those are feelings and thoughts about the idea that, that some of us are going to be included in this and some of us aren't. And so we have to prepare ourselves at all times, our hearts and minds, to be ready for Jesus' judgment at a moment's notice so that when he comes, we're the ones that are gathered away. Now that is not a bad thought, in my opinion. I don't think it's a bad way to live, necessarily, but it is not at all what I feel called to focus on. What I love about being a Lutheran and our Lutheran traditions is our radical belief in the power of the cross. We believe that the only one who needed to prepare for judgment was Jesus. And Jesus does prepare for that judgment by taking all of our sins to the cross with him. So on that final judgment day, the only person who matters when it comes to preparedness is Jesus. And it means that we don't have to worry that what God will think of us on that moment. We know that we will be okay for Jesus' sake. So we get to focus instead on verse 42, which says, keep awake, therefore. Keep awake, which can also be translated be watchful. For us who cling to the cross, who trust that Jesus has taken care of it all, waiting for him to come a second time is about watchfulness instead of about mental preparedness. Watchfulness. And not the kind of watching and waiting for something terrible to happen, like the apocalypse, but the sort of watchfulness that's hopeful. It's a sort of watchfulness that reminds me of the Japanese concept of ma. Ma. Now, ma in Japanese just means empty space. Empty space. Or space, rather. It's the idea in art and in aesthetics that negative space, or the empty space, is just as important as the artwork in the picture. So here's an example. This is a painting by, how do I say his name? Hasegawa Tohaku. It's a painting called Pine Trees. And you see the negative space in the panels on the left and the right. And for this artist, those panels are just as important as the pine trees in the middle. And for this artist in particular, that existence of ma, of, of space, is supposed to be hopeful. It's an emptiness that is full of possibilities, like a promise yet to be fulfilled, that more trees are gone, <laughs> but that more trees could grow. That's what it means to be watchful during Advent, as we wait on Jesus. It's about expecting new life and new possibilities when we are again in his presence. It's about trusting that Jesus will come with healing in his wings. 
It's hoping that something good can happen in this empty space between us and heaven. It's what theologian Frederick Beekner puts this way. We watch with this fantastical, mad hope that the future belongs to God. But art can only take us so far. And that word watchful, that can be misleading too. Because it can say to us what we do with this empty space is just about sitting and looking, watching what God is doing in the world, that it is passive. But in truth, we know that it's an active life of watching for an opportunity, an opportunity to collaborate with Jesus. And here again, our Lutheran tradition can help us. I don't know if, if any of you have heard this saying, but Martin Luther has this well-known, famous line that if I knew that tomorrow was the end of the world, I would plant a tree today. Now, we don't know if Martin Luther actually said that, um, but it sounds Lutheran. Right? We are meant to pay attention in our watching and waiting, but we are meant to do and to be active. But the truth is, even during Advent, most of us are not even remotely thinking or waiting or watching for the second coming of Jesus. Most of us are busy waiting for the very real things in our lives pressing down on us, right? We are waiting on a spouse to return from deployment. We are waiting for children and grandchildren to come home from the hospital. We are waiting for our relationship to make sense again. We are waiting for things to slow down in life. We are waiting to see our husband, our wife, our parents in heaven again. We are waiting for a child to return to the fold of faith. But even when followers of Jesus wait in those moments, it does look different. It looks different. It still looks like someone waiting for the opportunity to share Jesus, love and mercy and peace. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about a time in my family's life when we were waiting and watching. About seven years ago, my mother um, had a pretty serious health scare, a pretty serious health issue, really, and they weren't really sure what was going on, but they were throwing out all kinds of scary stuff. Cancer was among them, and she wasn't responding in the hospital any kind of treatment that they were throwing at her. So eventually they said to us, well, exploratory surgery is what we're going to have to do, and we don't know what we're going to find. So Mr. Wassell, they said to my dad, you should probably get your kids here. So us three kids packed up, and we headed to the Quad Cities to sit with my dad and wait while my mother was in surgery. And so we were all sitting there in the waiting room, and uh, my dad, who doesn't do a great job sitting there, decided to go for a walk. And this hospital had in its center an, an outdoor atrium space that uh, was surrounded by four hospital walls. And so you could get into this uh, green space from inside the hospital, but you couldn't get into it from the outside. Does that make sense? And the roof was just bare sky. And the only way you were going to be able to get into it was like maybe flying somehow over these four stories and coming in. 
So he's sitting in this green space, and he's walking around, and he, uh, he sees this, this little guy. You can kind of see him. He's in, in the middle. Do you see him in there? I think it's a warbler. Steve Fredrickson, is that a warbler? <sighs> well done, Candace. <laughs> it's a warbler. So he sees this little guy underneath the brush, and he is clearly stuck. My dad said for a good 45 minutes, this little guy was trying to fly back up out of these four stories. And he could not, for whatever reason, he seemed like he was in perfect shape, but he was just exhausted from trying, right? So 45 minutes, my dad's sitting there just like willing this little bird. Finally, he gets tired of it. So next thing I know is I see my dad walking by the waiting room, like smuggling, <laughs> smuggling this little baby bird in his pocket takes it outside, and he walks about a block past the hospital. He finds some bushes and trees, and he sets this little bird down, and then he waits there for it to rest. And finally, 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 this little bird flies off, and my dad comes back, and he waits with us until mom's out of surgery. Now, maybe that story is really simple, especially considering the things you all are waiting on. But for me, that little bird just speaks of what it means to faithfully wait in things big and small. It means watching for opportunities to bring a little salvation, to collaborate with Jesus in the midst of our waiting, to watch for moments where we could bring just a little bit of that fullness of time here and now. And maybe that doesn't make waiting go any faster, especially when we are waiting for ourselves or for someone else to be made whole. But I think it does make the waiting a little bit more bearable to know that Jesus is going to make use of our time and he's going to show us what we can do in the midst of it if we just give him a chance. And it does give those of us still learning how to faithfully wait the hope that Jesus is absolutely someone worth waiting on and hoping for, that he absolutely can and will bring healing. So, this Advent, as we watch and wait together, just know, just know that Jesus is inviting you, is inviting all of us to collaborate in this great mystery where nothing makes more sense than this little baby that we're going to hold in our arms. And so we'll watch and wait together and find out all the ways in which we can hold real babies in our arms and bring healing, hope, and life here and now. Thanks be to God for Advent. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, 
You are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be. Thank you.